Alexandria Bella Flor. But before we get into the book, we'd like to remind you to rate and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform and follow us on social media. You can find us at the PHX Nest Pod on Instagram and PHX Pod on Twitter. You can also email us at thephoenixnestpod at gmail.com. The links to our social media can be found in the description along with our links, um, our links to our Goodreads and the link to our favorite independent bookstore, Mostly Books. Let's get to it. Do you want to read the synopsis? Yes. Do it. This is kind of a, it feels like a lengthy synopsis, so let's see. After a disastrous blind date, Darcy Lowell is desperate to stop her well-meaning brother from playing matchmaker ever again. Love and the inevitable heartbreak is the last thing she wants. So she fibs and says her latest setup was a success. Darcy doesn't expect her lie to bite her in the ass. L. Jones, one of the astrologers behind the popular Twitter account Oh My Stars, dreams of finding her soulmate. But she knows it is most assuredly not Darcy, a no-nonsense stick-in-the-mud who is way too analytical, punctual, and skeptical for someone like Elle. When Darcy's brother and Elle's new business partner expresses how happy he is that she and Darcy hit it off, Elle is baffled. Was Darcy on the same date? Because, awkward... Darcy begs Elle to play along, and she reluctantly agrees to pretend they're dating, but with a few conditions. Darcy must help Elle navigate her own overbearing family during the holidays, and their arrangement expires on New Year's Eve. The last thing they expect is to develop real feelings during a faux relationship. But maybe opposites can attract when true love is written in the stars. Okay, couple things. I think I see the draw from um, Bridget Jones' diary. Mm Mm-hmm. Mostly in the names. Okay. But that's kind of it. Um, I'm referring to... There's like a little note at the top of this that says about how she drew on Bridget Jones' diary and Pride and Prejudice. There are also some things um, in the way that the brother speaks, Brendan, Mm -hmm. that is very British English of him, but they're from California. So I thought that was a little bit weird. You don't notice it until close to the end. He makes everything into a question, and he ends up with, yeah. That's true. Yeah, and that's not something that we normally do. Like, we don't say something go, yeah, like, at the end. Like, that's no. a very European thing. So, we were wondering what the nods <laughs> to Bridget Jones were, and so maybe that's other than that. I also have never met anyone whose name was Elizabeth and went by L, ever. My sister is Elizabeth, and she goes by Liz, and my mom did that intentionally. Yeah. But you don't meet Elle. No. I'm sure my sister would actually prefer that. Elle Jones? Elle Jones? I have questions. Hold on. I'm going to Google you. (laughs) Um, So this was our first pick for the Pride Month um, reading. And let me just tell you, I'm glad we started on a female-female romance. Because I loved this book a lot. Surprising, too, because I thought it was going to be kind of cheesy. Um, I think there were parts that could have definitely felt cheesier had they been pushed a little bit more. Yeah. Especially with the quirkiness of Miss L. Jones. I feel like we always have that one really quirky character and it usually falls flat. Well, and a lot of the times the quirky character is either the the protagonist or like a weird secondary character. Yeah. That gets the brush off. Um, and in this, it was kind of balanced with two protagonists, and I think that's maybe why it worked. Because it wasn't always just Elle's compulsive 
like list making and like overthinking and weird. Yeah. Like, cause she is kind of weird, but it also helps too. Cause Darcy is supposed to be the straight lace. These are my plans. This is what I'm doing with my life. But at the same time, she's like, um, I love soap operas and I write days of our lives fan fiction in my free time. To be fair, if someone told me they were an actuary, I would have no idea what they're talking about. I'd be like, sounds boring. Great. What else do you do in your free time? Because that sounds like the worst ever. But it also maybe one of those things where like the more you get to know about, the more interesting it is. Like when we read, um, oh crap, what was the one where she was a geologist? <laughs> I have no idea. It was so good though. She was a geologist? We have had two years of podcasting. I know it was and you recent. Were asking me to remember when it's it- recent is about how she writes fan fiction. Oh, and- spoiler alert! Yeah, <laughs> I was like, she's a geologist. If you had said fan fiction, I'd be like, oh, spoiler alert! Geologist. Yeah. She didn't may get it not from have that. been like a geologist. She is not field. She was in the field. She was in the field of looking at rocks and, yeah. and like waste and weird Weird shit. I don't know. So Darcy has a boring actuary job. Elle is into astrology. Which is like the opposite. The total opposite. But I thought it was fun because we are supposed to believe this entire book that Elle is kind of ditzy and weird because she likes astrology. And then we find out she's like a mechanical engineer and knows space shit just out of nowhere. We're like, wait, she's actually intelligent? She just like didn't she just, like, didn't finish her degree in astronomy. Astronomy, yeah. Yeah. Because it wasn't what she wanted to do. It's what her parents wanted her to do. They wanted her to have classic, a good Classic, classic book theme. Ugh. The parents always suck. Have you noticed that lately? It's really hard to find a family that doesn't have someone who sucks. Like, it's always, like, a brother or the mom or the dad or, like, a grandparent. But it's just, like, awful. This time we had two parent, like, two mothers that really sucked. And for, like, vastly different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Which so, I found fascinating. We'll get into why they we'll, suck. Yeah, we'll talk about it. So, this starts off with Elle and Darcy going on a blind date. Yeah. Which, uh, I've never been on a blind date. Neither have I. I don't want to go on a blind date. No. Okay, let me rephrase that. At this point in my life, I would be more open to going on a blind date, but it'd have to be someone who picked someone, wait, it has to be someone who does the picking that I trust. Like, I wouldn't just be like, friend of a friend? Cool. It'd be like, you have to, like, vet them. Like, I'm not... I'm not doing this. Like, I feel like we would trust each other to pick blind dates for each other. Yeah. Because we know each other well Or, like, enough. our siblings, maybe. I don't know about your sister, but, like, my <laughs> sister and my my brother-in-law, I would definitely be like, yeah, I'll go out with so-and-so from wherever, wherever you met them, most likely work. Like, that would be fine. I agree in that I wouldn't trust my sister either. <laughs> she would pick someone, like, totally off the wall, I think. I love and my sister. you'd be sister. like, but why? <laughs> I love my sister, but she and I fully understand that we have very little in common. Yeah. And she would pick someone who I she would think would mesh with my weird, but it would probably be too weird, and then it wouldn't work. Yeah, that might not go so Liz, well. if you're listening, which I know you don't, just know that I love you. Mom, if you are listening, don't tell her about this. <laughs> I'll get a call in six months. What You're do you like, mean? Hey, that's so rude. <laughs> but so this blind date starts and Elle is late. Yep. She's sweaty. 
her underwear are so far up her crack that she says she can taste the laundry detergent she uses. And they're chafing. They're chafing. Or she's having chafing. I... I'm concerned about the underwear situation and why she didn't take them off way sooner than when, she than when they got destroyed. Lost them in a public toilet. But she's going to this date. She gets there. It's this posh, like, it's got, she says it's got $4 signs on it, meaning it's real posh compared yeah, to what real she's expensive. used to. And she tries to get in the door. She can't get in the door. And who she thinks is the hostess opens the door and is like, you have to push, not pull. And she's like, well, that's dumb, but okay. Classic. Yeah. And come to find out this is not the hostess. This is Darcy. And she's mad. On time. And mad because Elle is 15 minutes late. And she's really rude about it, too. Like, Okay, but as someone who's like a stickler for schedules, I would understand kind of what Darcy's saying. Like, first date, blind date, first impression, someone who's been talked up by your brother. Mm-hmm. And then she doesn't call, like, hey, I'm late. She, she tried to explain that her phone died. Okay, yet another problem for someone <laughs> who needs to be more organized in their life. Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> but how many times does my phone die? Like, never. Never. Because you plug in at night. Oh, yeah. So, like, Elle, come on. Get it together. Well, we already know that Elle's kind of a mess. I mean, she did say that her underwear are causing massive problems. <laughs> she does also... Stay- I mean, I've texted you plenty of times. We're like, I wore the wrong underwear today, <laughs> and it's awful. Oh, I think And it we do is that. terrible. We do that pretty frequently, which is kind of saying something about the two of us and our underwear choices. I think it's the underwear manufacturer's problems, not mine. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Just saying. But she also has that comment where she says in her head that pretty women make her stupid. And I'm like, girl, same. Girl, I mean, same. I would say, I mean, like you forget what you're going to say kind of a thing. Or like, like you're just real ditzy. It's, I forget what I'm saying. Okay. And then it's just verbal vomit just comes out of me. Like, I can't keep it together. But I can't keep it together in most social situations. So I really don't have a lot to say. So anyway, um, they're on this date. Elle manages to talk Darcy into having a drink. Just a drink. Mm-hmm. And um, Elle has a really hard time because Darcy orders a $56 glass of wine. Which is crazy. I am a lot like Elle in that I'm scanning for the cheapest one on the list going, which one am I going to and get? And then she orders like a gross wine. She gets Merlot because it's like $9. She can afford that. Ugh. Merlot is gross. Merlot is the worst. And as they're talking, you see that Darcy's kind of uptight. She's a little bit of a bitch. I'll be honest. And then we, like, but we find out later it's because she didn't want to go on this at all. And then the person she was meeting was really late. And then she got wine spilled on her vintage whatever the fuck it was. Her grandmother's dress. And then she's like, and then we have nothing in common. I don't even know why I'm here. She's into astrology, for God's sake. And I'm like, but rude. Kind of. I did a big yawn. I don't know why. Like, (laughs) kind of rude because everyone has, like, the things that they enjoy, right? Astrology is just one of those things because it is not treated as a serious science. Yeah. Because it's hard to prove. Yeah. Like, it's really hard to prove metaphysical things in most circumstances. And so, like, following the stars is just... 
not something that most people are like, yes, 100%, I trust my fortunes today. Like, it's really, it's, it's just not. People People are like, it's very woo-woo. But how many times do we send each other memes according to our zodiac signs? But like, sometimes they're really accurate and sometimes they're not. Yeah. So one of the things that they talk about is that part of El job isn't just like, making up the lists for social media like what you would see like via BuzzFeed. Um, but she actually does star chart readings or natal charts specifically, which mm-hmm. is your birth chart. And it has to do with like the time that you were born and like what planets were where and all this stuff. It's the time and the location of yeah. your birth. And I've never had, um, I don't think I've ever had my natal chart done because it's really expensive. Yeah. It's expensive especially if you don't think you're really into that and i think there are a lot of people that put a lot of weight into that kind of stuff and then it tends or at least in my experience it tends to like lead them down specific paths in life that aren't necessarily correct yeah from an outsider's perspective and they're like oh but it's in my chart and i'm like but like you're a person and that's not (laughs) a piece of paper like you have you have free will you're allowed to make your own decisions and do your own things despite what the stars and the planets tell you you're supposed to do So like my um my extended family on my mom's side is kind of into that stuff where they have had readings done for themselves or like my one aunt does readings for others sometimes and one of my aunts had uh readings done for her daughter's natal charts and past lives and i don't want to know about my past lives i don't want to know how much it's actually like super interesting because that is something that can be more proven which sounds stupid yeah um weird but like have if you ever seen like dateline or whatever where they talk about like little kids that have certain memories but i listen to podcasts about shit like that and i'm like wait it's creepy but it's like a past life regression thing yeah I don't know that I want to know my past life stuff, mostly because I'm pretty sure I'm either going to A, be a horrible, horrible person in my past life, and that's why I'm such a bitch now, or <laughs> B, I'm going to be the most boring human on the planet. Um, one of, I think one of the most fascinating things about like past life readings is that they can tell you what you were, like male, female, what your job was, where you lived kind of a thing. Yeah. But they can also tell you how you died. And so, like, that's something that if you ever hear people talk about that kind of stuff, if you have, like, some really prominent birthmarks, generally those are wounds that killed you. I got got shot in the knee then because I have a weird birthmark on my knee that's the shape of an elephant and it's white. So a lot of people who, um, when they do past life regression, have been here for, like, hundreds or thousands of years or tens of thousands of years. Like, they just keep on being reborn. Um, they'll have birthmarks that often look like like sword or knife wounds on the yeah. stomach or on their back. And that's something that's just like supposedly that kind of carries on with you as you're reborn each time. Mine looks so. like buckshot to the knee. I'm also pretty sure <laughs> this is the first time I've ever been female. Because <laughs> mostly because I feel bad and I don't know how to be a woman most of the time. Um, maybe. I mean, it's possible. And it's possible that maybe like... In my family, we talk about rebirth as, like, your opportunity to learn something that you didn't learn the last time around. Mm -hmm. And so that could mean that, like, you need to learn how to accept yourself as not a true, like, 
westernized female or that you were a female somewhere else and are learning this version or whatever it is that's bananas but it's like there's a lot that goes into it and that kind of felt like a tangent but it does explain about the astrology (laughs) and why it's it's so weird yeah because that's what Elle is into not that she is like everything is relying on this like there are people like that but she does put a lot more stock into it than obviously Darcy who's a skeptic Uh uh-huh and plenty of people are skeptics and for good reason when something can't be proven or even when something can be proven people are are a lot of times scared of it because of the accuracy or they're like that's just a general statement and that's kind of what we think about with astrology like when you read your astrology charts or your um your personality or your um myers-briggs personality yeah and so like i've done all that kind of stuff i don't remember my enneagram number you don't remember your enneagram number no i'm pretty sure you are probably an eight (laughs) i am a seven with a six wing okay and i go to the one when i'm real off and if you looked it up you would look at it and go oh god you're right weird in regards to like when i'm having my anxiety Uh and i get real neurotic and real like no that's wrong and here's why you're wrong that's what that is okay my myers-briggs personality type is an intj and i'm a scorpio (laughs) i'm an infj an infj i'm a libra with a strong virgo um like influence because i'm born you're on the cusp aren't you pretty close i'm the scorpioest scorpio you will ever meet and i don't apologize for that i'm very libra in all things yeah like, if you read the description for Libras, it's, like, 100% me. <laughs> but then I'm real feisty, which is the Virgo part. Uh-huh. Um, but, like, I don't know. It's it's all... People, I feel, are right. It is generalized statements. Yeah. When you read about... It's like a fortune cookie. Yeah. You read a fortune cookie, it's supposed to work for you. But fortune cookies now are kind of dumb. Yeah, because they're not actually, like, old school... Proverbs like, anymore. proverbs no. and stuff. And whatever. But, um... The reason we're going into all of this is because it kind of also explains their views on dating. And that's the whole thing. Um, Brendan, who is Darcy's little brother, is working on this app. It's a dating app. And they're looking for a longevity. Oh, my God. OTP. You're one true pairing. And that's he's like hard eyes all the time. He wants everyone to find their true love, but he can't find his own. He's his own hot mess, right? And um, so... That's Darcy's little brother, but he has hired and is putting into motion like a contract with um Oh My Stars. Oh My Stars, which is Elle and her her business partner Margot, who she met in college. And they're trying to figure out how to create this addition of like astrological pairings for relationships mm-hmm. to show strengths in people who feel like they're matching or to yeah. help people match with someone better and so that's why we're going into all of this because you don't care if i'm a libra no one gives a shit but let no. me tell you how many times have you and i cat looked up our, our partner or prospective crushes oh all the zodiac time. sign to see all if we're compatible or not i'm apparently supposed to be compatible with pisces and i want you guys to know that my ex-husband was a pisces it clearly didn't work out and it, that's because he's also a dick. He is the worst. Yeah. And so if he's that's listening, not really the Pisces problem. No. That's just a him problem. Yeah. And if he's listening, fuck off. Don't care. Yeah. No. No. Um. I. I don't know. I've looked up a lot. A lot of the time, people that I kind of fall for are like Tauruses, mm-hmm. and I'm not meant to be compatible with a Taurus. No. Which 
clearly is obvious because that hasn't worked. It's like three different dudes. That's weird. I it's very annoying. You know what I also find funny about astrology? Before we like move on and finish <laughs> off why this yeah. was a bad date, um, my sister is an Aries and I'm a Scorpio. And one day I was like sitting in the office trying to figure out like what my sister and I's compatibility would be. Yeah. And I looked it up and then I immediately texted my mother to apologize. <laughs> because you're just chaos and evil yeah it was like these two are like oil and water you'll never get them to get along when they do get along just be advised that they're teaming up for something possibly nefarious yeah my entire childhood with my sister like we wanted to murder each other like constantly See, my sister's a gemini so like and gemini's okay yeah gemini's have that bad rap of being two-faced which is weird. Which is so rude. It's so rude. Everyone else gets like, well, not good reputations, but like... I get called a sex fiend because that's what... Scorp- Scorpios are ruled by their genitals, according to astrology. I just feel like Scorpios are mean. I mean, accurate. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a hard yes or a hard no. Like, there's not a lot of in between for How many times have I said that, though, where it's but a like hard it's yes true. or hard no? But like, I don't know. It's just... Thank you for appreciating the fact that I am a Scorpio. <laughs> I'm just, I, I don't know. So I get along with most people, so I guess it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> I think it's funny, too. Another thing I found was that Scorpio shouldn't be compatible in regards to, like, friendships with Libras. Almost every single one of my friends is a Libra. Yeah, most of my, my family is a Libra. It's weird. Like, I shouldn't get along with most of everybody that I'm friends with. Yeah, it's... But you guys, it's just not something that's very reliable because then again, you have to look at all the other things yeah. that influence that or just your own personality within the realm of your astrology. Like, yeah. let's just say I'm thankful that we decided to be friends not based on our astrological charts Can you imagine and that? our zodiac signs. Imagine it just Ugh. be so bad. No. I also, okay, I don't understand how people memorize what people are. Like, that's a thing that's in a lot of shows and books where it's like, when's your birthday? Oh, it's blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, you're a whatever. And I'm like, my niece, what? my nearly 10-year-old niece can do that. But why? Because her and her little friends, they got their first cell phones and now they're way into just like all of it. Mm. And they call each other. I was talking to my sister, and my niece is in the background. She's yelling, Eshka, when's your birthday? And my sister's like, November 2nd. She's like, oh, Eshka's a Scorpio. And I'm like, why does she know that? I'm just not willing to put in the time to memorize a different chart of <sighs> things. I don't even know what my... I just told you, I looked up my rising and my moon and shit, and I still have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. So, anyways, this date goes terribly, and... It's terrible for, like, a bunch of reasons. So, the lateness... The overly expensive bottle or glass glass of wine Um, and then spilling wine on your date is never a good sign. That's never happened to me. But then Elle walks, goes, she goes to go to the restroom because she's got to pee real bad. She goes to go to the restroom and Darcy is cleaning up and she's on the phone with her best friend Annie and she's talking mad shit about Elle. Yeah. And Elle overhears it and just leaves because you shouldn't have to listen to that about yourself. It's not. I would have told her to fuck off, honestly. Oh, yeah, I like, totally would Like, if you're going to walk up and someone's talking absolute trash about me, I'm going to be like, all right, if I can say it to me, then. Fuck off. Like, yeah, I'm late. I'm sorry. What do you want me to do? So sorry we're human and we're not all Darcy robots, bitch. Oh. Yeah. So, like, that wouldn't have been cool with me. I wouldn't have just, like, slunk away. No, that I would have worked. Old Jessica would have. New Jess would have thrown down 
I'm on meds now. There is no stopping me. I don't have anxiety anymore. There's just there's just always things, you know. I'll fuck a bitch up. This yeah, is why so. I'm single, not just the, the pandemic. <laughs> just listen that's ugh. another thing to talk about we've talked i think previously about like our preferences for dating and stuff and like your meet cutes and that's something that they say about brendan he's thinking every moment is a potential meet cute oh. and i'm like i get it i totally get it like that's how i feel too sometimes <laughs> brendan like so we were talking via text i started this book a couple days ago and i texted cat and i was like oh my god i'm l and she immediately responds back with, uh, no, you're Margo. And yeah. you are a little L, a little Darcy, but a whole lot of Brendan. Oh, yeah. I'm mostly Brendan in this <laughs> book. I want everyone to find their true love. You want to be in love. You just love love. There's nothing wrong with that. No, there's not. But the more we talk about it, I'm like, you're 100% Brendan. That said, I still don't think I would go on OTP. I'm just not a fan. Um, that was the other thing. They use, like, the different names of things. Did you notice that? The mom called it fumble. And, oh, yeah. Um, what's the the coffee meets whatever? Oh, <laughs> God, yeah. Well, the mom is really funny. She's, like, way out of loop. But um, just in general, we've talked about dating apps just aren't our scene. Like, nothing good has come of them for either of us. Really, honestly, for no one that we know. No. Um, I know exactly one couple that got married who met on Tinder. And that's it. I don't even, I mean, Tinder is super inclusive now in regards to, like, how you can pick your sexuality and your gender, but and that's great. But it's meant to be a hookup site, and if you're not looking for a hookup, it's like, not I'm work. not looking for a hookup, I'm looking for a husband. <laughs> I'm not one to be like, this hookup will turn into a husband. No. That's not a thing in my mind. No. I'm very, like, cut and dry, which yep. is a very Libra thing. Yep. And so I'm like, I'm not going to go on a hookup site to maybe see if I can find a husband. I have too much anxiety to be on Bumble because the woman makes the first move. And then... Which I think is a cool idea if you're ballsy. If you're ballsy. And here's the other thing. If you're on Bumble and you're a woman looking for another woman, who makes the first move? You gotta choose. It's weird. I'm not into it. I think Bumble, I've heard more success from like coworkers and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But like we did plenty of fish. I went Ugh. on like one date with someone from Plenty of Fish. It didn't it it wasn't terrible or anything. Like it wasn't a it wasn't this. Yeah. It wasn't a disaster date. We just never spoke again. <laughs> Which makes it sound way worse. I met a chick on Plenty of Fish and we dated for like a month and she stole my fan and ghosted me. Yeah, see? Like <laughs> Okay, that's so weird because me and that dude definitely ghosted each other and he was from Plenty of Fish. Anyways, what we're saying <laughs> is that while OTP has, like, this cool, innovative thing with the astrology, we're not sure that we would still use it. No. Um, especially if Brendan is, like, this matchmaker who isn't doing so hot because it sounds like he's set up Darcy multiple times before. When we meet him, he's actually in Darcy's apartment trying to get her to agree to going into speed dating, which sounds like hell oh god i don't ever want to do speed dating send me to a singles mixer send me to a singles bar don't ever send me to speed dating where i have to like do the oh. thing where you sit at a table and introduce yourself no i, I don't, don't want, want that. that i don't want that i don't want that at all i don't have enough time to talk about enough things and knowing me i'll start talking about fucking serial killers and weird shit but they might like that that's like a more mainstream thing 
Yeah, it's still a lot of people stare at me weird. But so she to get out of this because she doesn't want to do it and she's running out of other excuses like studying and whatnot. Um, she's like, oh, no, our day went really well. I don't want to mess that up by going <laughs> to like speed, speed dating. dating. And he's like, oh, my God, I knew it. And he's like so proud of himself. And then all hell kind of breaks loose in like a weird way right from the beginning right from the beginning because l is having brunch with her mother who is not listening to her regarding her big life events which are she's got a book that she and Margot wrote together mm-hmm. she's um doing this thing with otp that's really huge because otp is a very large dating app yep um and her mom just doesn't really care she just keeps steamrolling her i'm oh i wish she would do this and i wish she would do that because every mother does that but she's having brunch and she sees brendan and panics and like tries to hide brendan sees her and he's like oh my gosh darcy can't stop talking about you and how much she's she loves she's so smitten oh my god she really liked you and Elle's sitting there like are we talking about the same person? Because she was a real bitch to me. So Elle kind of uses that to her advantage. And they both kind of use it to their advantage. And they decide they're going to fake date. Mm-hmm. Which we've talked about enemies to lovers being one of my favorite tropes. Fake dating is one of my other favorites. So here for fake dating. And this was kind of enemies to lovers fake dating to begin with. Because they couldn't stand each other for the most part. But they were also pining in a weird way. Like they both found each other very attractive. Which I think is one of the, like, difficult things about dating in general is, like, someone can be smoking hot, mm-hmm. but you're not going to always get along no. just because you think they're hot. And they might not think you're hot is the yeah. other problem. But then, like, your personalities might not mesh, or you might do something like Darcy often is a little bit condescending toward Elle mm-hmm. um, and her profession, and Dar- and then Elle's like, well, your profession's boring, so, you know. Yeah. So they're, like, just kind of that, like, mean to each other, but, like, madly into each other kind of a feeling. It's very um, hectic. It's kind of chaotic. Yeah. But it becomes chaotic in a good way, eventually. Because once they stop fighting each other and yeah. they start learning about each other... Then they're doing fine. And it's not really stop fighting each other. It's Darcy stops fighting Elle. Because Elle wants to get to know her. Like, she really does. But Darcy's like, I'm not doing this. I had a bad breakup. I don't care. Mm -hmm. I moved across the country. I'm not looking to do this again. I can't move back across the country. Right. I can't do that. And just watching it progress from the fake dates, where they have to pretend to be, like, really into each other without actually being really into each other... It's really difficult for them. They go to that on that that double date with Brendan and his weird date named Cherry. Yeah, that was unfortunate. That was unfortunate. Cherry didn't for him. sound very fun. She sounded the worst. Because <laughs> the worst. if you tell me we're going on a double date and we're gonna go to an escape room, mm-hmm. first off, I told you when we started this that I think I'm too stupid to do an escape room. Which I don't really <laughs> understand why, because the point of an escape room is like you go with your friends. Yeah. So like you're supposed to like help each other get because you're all locked in the same room. Yeah. Which is a weird panic. I've only done one escape room. And it is, like, a really weird panicky feeling. Is it? Because, like, they give you your instructions. They take your phones. Um, oh, you can't even Google it. Ooh. So, not all escape rooms are like that because people are real weird about their phones. Um, but I'm pretty sure the one that we went to, 
they they had us lock up our phones when we started and then they lock you in and the timer starts and then you're just like tearing apart this room i went with that would be fun i went with um that would be linda f- and augustine and tom and mitch oh my god first off you went with tom and mitch and i think that did you guys win that escape room yeah we but like by four minutes <laughs> we didn't cut it down to the wire um yeah it was fun it was really fun. It was if a we little had the right group. Difficult. So that was part of our problem was that our difficult group was because some of us are very bossy and some of us don't take direction well. And when you mix people like that, it doesn't always work. And so it was really difficult to have some people not listening <laughs> to what other people were saying, which was important. Like we could have gotten out much faster had there been some listening skills so this escape room yeah this escape room is in the seattle underground first of all if you're telling me i have to go underground somewhere i probably don't want to go um that's not a thing i enjoy i don't know that i want to go to the seattle underground because i know the sordid tale and the stories that go on under that and that place is haunted AF. Yeah, when it was like a seance themed room, I was like, uh-uh. I wouldn't even want to joke about that in somewhere that's clearly haunted. Like when he's giving the background of like how everything was built like two stories up, mm-hmm. but they left all the rooms and stuff. And we're just like, ah, yeah. fuck it. And then it became like a place for hoodlums and like death. It, they were talking about it, it and the like, was talking to Cat about this. Um, they were talking about like here's the t- the story of how this happened, and I was like, and this is where human trafficking started. People were being shanghaied from under here, and you want to do an escape room down there? And then he's talking about how you could open the wrong door. Uh uh-uh. uh, I'm not doing it down there in underground. I'm not going to do that. I don't like that. Like. There are some escape rooms that exist that are supposed to be really, really scary. Yeah, where you're like that. in handcuffs when you start, or you no. have to crawl through tunnels no. to get out to the streets and stuff. Nope. And I'm like, I don't want that. I don't want to do one that starts out dark and I have to find the light switch. Yeah, no, we didn't do that. Ours was like a weird tropical theme. Interesting. Yeah. I know someone who used to work in an escape room. I used to work with her. It's. I mean, it's it's a fun time if you've got a good group of people, and. You can use teamwork properly. Because you have people that you know how to use the teamwork with. Right. So the whole point of this thing is they go on this double date. Brendan, Darcy, and Elle are real into it. Cherry is sitting on the floor fucking around on her phone. She's like, I'm not doing this. My feet hurt. I don't care anymore. And it comes to the point where they're trying to figure everything out and... Darcy is really smart with numbers because she's an actuary. Mm-hmm. She knows the freaking Fibonacci code, which I don't even know that. And I've watched the Da Vinci code. <laughs> I don't want to learn it. I'm going to be honest. I'm not into it. Seems like I don't care. Um, and then Elle is really good with like tarot cards and astrology and everything. So she does the thing where she's like, there's something going on with this table. I got to figure it out. They get everything. They figure out all the clues and everything. And... Darcy thinks, oh, it's 55. We have to go to the door and mark 55. And Elle's like, no, it's wrong. I have a gut feeling that it's wrong. And they're like, no, it's 55. Like, we figured it out. She's like, no, it's wrong. If you remember that weird guy at the beginning, he said something about smoke and mirrors. And then they realize that there's smoke coming in under the doors and there's a mirror. She tilts it just right. Bam, they figure out the thing. And they win with seconds to spare. And then they go to a trivia night. And Cherry leaves Brendan because she's a bitch. 
she's just like not feeling it bye and then that's kind of it and it's like oh poor brendan okay poor poor sad brendan but they find out in trivia night they win trivia night because darcy lets a little bit of herself slip and she knows the answer to the last question which is a days of our lives soap opera question or something it was a weird like a weird question and it was really weird in the wording because even i had to read it a couple times like wait what (laughs) What does this mean? I wouldn't know the answer. I, I know don't either. watch soap operas, so I feel like I would be pretty boss at trivia. So it depends on the trivia. Like there are places here that do trivia nights, and I've done trivia night. Where was I? Did you do the Harry Potter trivia? No, because they have those all the time. I don't remember where I was. Canyon's Crown. Interesting. Or something for trivia night. Um, but they're like there's different themed ones. So I know there's like an office one. There's um, Friends. There's Harry Potter. You would win all. There's of like those. general trivia. Yeah. Um, but some of them are really hard. Like they, if you're not into like specific history things. Yeah. Or like navigation things, which is weird. Like you're gonna have a hard time. But if you go to one that's fun and like themed for like pop culture, like something yeah. like that, then it'd be fun. Especially if you have like people in your group that are like. They know sports, and they know this, and they know that. Like, then it would be good. I feel like our group would be really good at trivia like that. I think so, too. Like, our group would kill it. Yeah. We'd be the best. Yeah. Um, win some stuff. Oh, I'm into it. We should get that together when it starts happening again. If it starts happening again. So, um, as we go on. Yes. We get Thanksgiving. So, okay, here's another thing, though. Okay. They were like, only, let's say we only do this for two months, which is fine. Mm-hmm. And so they have this agreement, but as we, like, go through, we see that it's, like, a firm agreement on Darcy's side. And Elle's kind of like, but what if? Which is, yeah. like, a really dangerous thing when you've already agreed to be like, no, two months, that's it. That's a very you thing. I know, but she starts it from the very beginning, too, which is also not good, because Darcy just, you know, Darcy is a stickler. Darcy is a little stick in the mud. She is, for sure. But she has reasons for it. Yeah. And we get into those reasons. Yes. So um, we get into Thanksgiving, and um, Elle needs Darcy to go with her. Yep, that's part of their agreement. Yep, that she'll go to Thanksgiving with her family. And they get there, and they start talking about Elle's job. And Darcy kind of lets slip that she's working with her brother, and she's doing all these really amazing things. And the family is starting to finally, like, her family is finally starting to say, oh my gosh, Elle, these are great, amazing things. We're so proud of you. Right. And then Elle's little sister, Lydia, has to ruin it. Because she has to get engaged. She has to announce her engagement to boring Marcus, because he sounds boring. And... and, uh, I think her brother Daniel comments, if I had to listen to him talk about his stupid Ferrari one more time, it gets 11 miles to the ge- to the gallon. We get it. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's also interesting that she has a gay brother. Yeah. And we don't talk about that nearly as much in the book. Like, she doesn't... Not that you need to, like, announce that about your family. Um, but it's interesting that the author chose to have both a lesbian couple and a A gay gay couple couple in the same book. Yeah. Even if it was just in passing. I also really enjoyed that they talked about the fact that Elle was bisexual, Darcy was a lesbian, and Margo was pansexual. Mm Mm-hmm. I got real excited when Darcy herself was literally me for a moment. 
And you're like, ooh. I was like, oh, it is me. <laughs> Even more me than I thought. Who knew? But um, they sit down to eat, and Marcus comments on the turkey. It tastes like soap. And we kind of find out that it was a cilantro lime turkey, which, why? At Thanksgiving? I don't... That doesn't sound like a turkey flavor I want. No, I need a traditional turkey, please. So, they're talking about that, and Lydia says something about how Elle is like cilantro. She's not for everyone. She's not for everyone. Some people love it, and some people just... And then she doesn't finish the sentence. Which is, like, a really rude thing to say, not only in general, but, but like, in front of your new girlfriend, in front of the entire family, and without it sounding like a joke. Yeah, because it sounded like a dig. It was rude. Yeah. And we really learn how less than her family makes her feel. Yeah. Because everyone has these good cushy jobs and everyone's in stable relationships. And then there's just Elle. She's just Elle. And she's a little weird. She doesn't have direction. She's not a perfect child. Like, all this stuff. And it's like, ugh, this whole living up to your parents' expectations thing. It comes up a lot, and it doesn't sound, like, fun. No, it doesn't sound fun at all. I've been in that situation with my grandparents. They want me to be one thing, and I am not that thing, and they don't like that about me, and it's not my fucking problem. We don't talk to them anymore. It's fine. But that kind of turns into this big fight with her family, and she doesn't talk, she doesn't respond to her mom for a couple weeks. She doesn't respond to anything and then she finds out that her sister and her brother daniel and jane send her flowers and they apologize together they're like no we're really proud of you and we're sorry that that's how you felt about us but i'm glad you got it out because if you hadn't we would have never known so she starts to rebuild her relationship with her siblings which is great Mm -hmm. i rebuilt my relationship with my sister we didn't have one to begin with um but she gets these shitty apologies from her mom. Like, the apology is kind of like an offhand. Like, I should have listened to you more. Yeah. I shouldn't have made you feel bad about what you do. Which is kind of like the, the boxed apology. It is a boxed apology. And then we learn about Darcy's mom. And Darcy's mom gives a shitty apology as well. Darcy's so, mom is the worst. Oh, she's awful. So she's a photographer. She travels around a lot. And she's kind of not around a lot. And she checked out when her parents, you know, when Darcy's parents got divorced. Her mom checked out just completely. Couldn't handle life without her husband. She wouldn't work. She wouldn't work. She, she wouldn't take, wouldn't care, of take care of the kids. So they all lived with the grandma. Because they had the house foreclosed on. Because Darcy could only do so much at 16 to take care of the family. Yeah. So the house is foreclosed upon. They move into their grandmother's house in San Francisco. And life is good. And then the mom shows up and says that she's selling grandma's house and she tossed all of grandma's sentimental items that were that mom is like the worst can you imagine someone just goes through your grandmother's house and throws everything away and doesn't give you the opportunity to keep anything i'd be so upset especially if i was like raised by that person yeah like the mom is just like i don't i didn't know you were so sentimental and it's like wow you're just kind of a bitch and she's like well it's already done I, I can't do anything. I can't do anything. I'm so sorry. And it's like, oh my gosh. And it's up. it's not even a genuine apology from her mother. Right. It's kind of a shitty apology. And Darcy is very sentimental. And as someone who is also pretty sentimental about that kind of stuff, like, I'd have been pissed. I was pissed for her. Yeah, I was upset for her, for sure. 
Because, like, I don't have a whole lot left of my grandmother. What I do have, I was supposed to split my grandmother's jewelry collection between my sister and I. And my grandmother's sister took all of the good jewelry out of the house and gave my sister and I her costume jewelry. We didn't even get my grandfather's, like, turquoise collection. She also took the turquoise. That's so rude. And, like, I get that her thought process was that my grandmother was not my biological grandmother. However, my grandfather was my biological grandfather. Why it's do I not have a turquoise? It's one of those things where it's like in in wills, mm-hmm. it's you know very specific, and you need to have someone who's acting as power of attorney to like execute. Yeah. Um, my aunt we called her the executrix for the will because she's the one that handled like the selling of the house, yeah, um, selling of any of the stuff. But then, like, I did a lot of the footwork for my grandma's house. Mm-hmm. Um, where, you know, like actually a couple of our friends came up and helped load and sort and donate and take stuff to the dump and like all that kind of stuff. And it's like a huge task to undertake. It's but a so large important. task. It's a large task. We had to do it when my dad moved out of grandma's house mm-hmm. and moved here to town. And going through the house after dad had already gotten rid of a lot of things, like yeah. he made sure he set aside things that were sentimental to my sister and I so that we could get them. Yeah. And then there's the whole thing, you know, with my dad passing, I don't have a whole lot of his stuff either. I have his last remaining handkerchief and I have his favorite shirts. And that's about all I have. Yeah. And it's really hard when, like, my mom's side of the family is a pretty big family. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, my aunts all went through, and my mom, of course, went through, and they took stuff that was, they either had gifted to my grandma. Yeah. Or was very sentimental for a specific reason or something. And then all of me, like, me and my cousins got to go through stuff. But it was one of those things where my grandma was like, you guys will figure it out. Just, she always would tell us, put a sticky on it, meaning... Everyone will know it's it's for you. Yeah. And we would always tell her, like, big stuff, you can't just put a sticky on. Like, the car. Yeah. You can't just, like, put a sticky on it. That has to be, like, in writing. And it was, like, a battle for, like, a lot of her retired years and stuff. And I don't personally feel like it caused a lot of strain between family members. Um, mostly because a lot of us didn't need a lot of the things that she had to, like, furniture and stuff that yeah. sentimental went to my aunts or my mom or whatever yeah and so it's just it's it's all depending on that person and clearly clearly this mom <laughs> does not understand no. the importance of the sentimental portion like do i need 30 knickknacks of small creatures no, no. but how did i see it every day when i lived there was yes. there one that meant more to me than the other ones absolutely right. yeah yeah and i I felt for her so hard knowing that her mom threw away all those it Christmas It makes you want to go, like, dig through, like, Goodwill stuff. Yeah, like, we don't have my grandmother's Christmas ornaments because we couldn't fit them. We couldn't bring them home when Dad moved out of that house, so we don't have them. But if I had Grandma's Christmas tree ornaments, like fuck it up those were some antiques they were great she's talking about how she has these little lace like angels and yeah stuff. my grandmother has lace, lace and angels crochet was really big yeah. or like she talks about the really thin glass yep and then we have some that are really really old um that are from my great grandma that are like made with sequins oh that's cool yeah i don't know why <laughs> i but will, they're from new york i'm so mm. sentimental that i have my great grandmother's dish set i threw away my dishes 
They were perfectly fine, they just were missing pieces, so that I could have my great-grandmother's dish set. And then my mom tried to pass off their her wedding um, china to me. What am I going to do with 80s wedding china, mother? What Sell am I it. going to do with that? It, oh, it was ugly. We donated That's it. That's what the 80s was, man. Ooh, it was ugly. One of the funniest things is, like, we have yard sales a lot, or, like, we donate a lot to Goodwill. It's always weird to go through a Goodwill and see stuff that I've donated, have you done that? Oh, yeah. How weird. The one up on the hill off of, like, Houghton and Golf Links? Yeah. That often has a lot of my stuff in it, and I think it's so oh, weird. Oh, that's so weird. I'm like, people are gonna, like, buy my shit, which is, like, the point, but, like, whatever. It's still weird. But I think her sentimentality kind of helps her come out of her shell a little bit. I think so, too. Like, having to explain why something is important to you is a really good way to get to know somebody. Oh, Yeah. Especially if it's sentimental happy versus sentimental sad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you would know if you walked into my closet what my dad's stack is and what that means to me. I'm supposed to turn that into quilts for the kids. I don't have the heart to do it. Because you have to cut it up. Yeah. I can't do it. But otherwise, it's just going to sit there. My dad has been dead 10 years, and I have not been able to cut his shirts up. But, like, and that's okay, because that's, like, a sentimental issue. But also, if they're just sitting there, aren't they just going to get... They're just going to sit there. Old yeah. and get holes. They're just going to sit there. The cat sleeps on them sometimes. Because it's a nice pile of squishy clothes he can sleep on on top of I'm my dresser. I'm just saying, I would rather see kids treasure it than your cat treasure it, <laughs> Jessica. I'll have to get to it. But um, we get into the Christmas party, the Brendan's Christmas party now, and... Can I just say, they chose, like, the worst window to have a fake relationship? During the holidays. During the holidays. And, like, I don't know so much why they needed to include each other in... All of this. Like, obviously the Christmas party, because that was a company thing. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't think Darcy needed to go for Thanksgiving. No. And do the ugly sweater tradition and all that stuff. If I was only dating someone for three weeks... I would bring them to Thanksgiving. I don't think I would bring them to a full family reunion-style Thanksgiving. No. I just don't think I would. I think that's a little bit fast for me. It's weird. But I don't know. I've been to your house for Thanksgiving. Yeah. It was great. Your dog tried to eat the the turkey off the table. She was hungry. (laughs) She is a giant walking potato. She is always hungry. I love her. But um, so we go to this Christmas party and Darcy and Elle are into it. Well, they're into each other. Yeah. And then there's a problem. There's a problem because at this point they've decided that they don't want to fake it anymore. They've had the sex, which first and foremost... Was hey, good job with the sex parts. Yes, I understood everything that was happening because <laughs> we know that's a big gripe of mine. Yeah, um, I understood where everybody's parts were, and it mm-hmm. was fantastic. And also lesbian sex on the page because we don't often see that, which is very rare where it's not kind of gross. Yeah, like it's not too porny. And then at no point did they really discuss how each other tasted like strawberries or some kind of melon or roses. Or random. No, there's a part floral. that said. She's, Darcy says that Elle tastes like strawberry, and Brendan goes, ew. And no, she's like, a part no, where my... she said she could taste herself. She can taste she's herself. She's sweet and a little salty or something. But they also didn't name it a fruit, which is te- which tends okay, to be. Okay, that's what really what you're talking yeah. about. But uh, so they're at this Christmas party, and they're really into each other. And Darcy's mom is there. And she's trying to get Darcy to admit that she loves Elle. Which, which is, first of all, rude. rude. When you, like, f- 
try to force someone's hand in making them say they love someone is weird. Especially because it's only been like a month and a half. It's not even been a full two months yet. I mean, I could see falling in love with someone that quickly. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But when others tell you what your feelings are is one of my biggest pet peeves. Oh, yeah. It's so stupid. I don't like that. And so for someone to stand in front of you and be like, just say it. Just say you're in love with her. It's like, ugh. Shut up. And so I probably would have reacted just like Darcy, which is when I would have been like, I don't know what you're talking about. This is just a fling. Blah, 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 blah. Well, and then that's where everything goes wrong. Elle overhears it again because Elle is the queen of being in the wrong place at the wrong time to eavesdrop. She really is. This is the second time. And she hears all of this and she just, she has to leave. She has to. And they have a blow up out on the street and it just isn't going to work because Darcy can't say, yeah, I have feelings for you. She's very scared. She's very reserved, and Brennan always says, well, she just keeps her cards close to her chest. Like, cool, get it. But someday you have to put your cards down and show them to your partner. And I think that's, like, what happens towards the end, is she's like, okay, here's my grand gesture. I'm gonna do it, because I do love her and all this stuff. The grand gesture... Is the funniest grand gesture, because it's not like a grand gesture as we know it, which I think is great. But we get Brendan is trying really hard to get Ellen Darcy back together. Darcy explains that it was fake. It wasn't even real, but I, I wanted it to be more real than what it was. And um, Brendan takes it upon himself to go talk to Elle and explain what happened. Yep. And we learned that Darcy had been engaged to a woman named Natasha in Philadelphia. And one day she came home early and walked in on Natasha and a mutual friend of theirs in bed together. Gross. Horrible. Just fucking foul. How dare you? First off, mutual friend and your guys, you guys are going to fuck. Are you serious right now? And, and you're gonna, engaged. And you're going to do it in my house? Fuck off. It's just a bad, bad time. And so that was... When Darcy's kind of whole world fell apart, she couldn't have friends anymore because mutual friends, like, kind of abandoned her. She had one friend who is now, like, traveling for business, and that's Annie. Annie. And so she moved where she could be, you know, able to find work and able to be near her brother. Like, that was her solution to kind of rebuild her life, but she's been slow going. Because it's, she's so afraid. She's terrified. She has no friends in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Her only friend is really her brother. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah. And towards the end, we find she does have more friends. She she befriends Margo, even though Margo is like, I don't... Hard ass. I don't agree with any of this. I don't know why you would do this. This is the stupidest thing ever. And it's because she knows Elle enough to know that it's going to break her heart. And it does. Yeah. Um. So Darcy finally realizes that she needs to not be so Darcy be so high strung about everything and she decides she's gonna go do this grand gesture and brendan is like i am the king of grand gestures let me give you ideas and she's like i have to do this on my own she's like no which could have turned out better it could have turned out better but i still thought it was kind of funny so she goes and she's got this bush in her hands and she shows up at Elle's apartment and margo is like "Uh uh-uh get the fuck out of here i'm not here for you you broke her heart. How dare you? I told you what would happen. And um, 
finally gives her, you know, the the shovel talk that she really needs. She's like, I'll go to your apartment, I'll break in and I'll move everything three inches to the left and just ruin your world. Which if you know me well enough to know that if you came to my apartment and moved everything three inches to the left, I would be distraught. It would be a bad time. It would be a bad time. So she tells her where to find Elle. She's at the metaphysical shop and she is doing readings. And she shows up with this bush and Elle is just like, what is this? And they talk it out. They figure out their deal. They realize they really do care for each other. And we find out that this bush is cilantro because she does like cilantro and she likes Elle a lot. And Elle is cilantro. And Elle is cilantro. It's just, it was like cute but kind of lame it was kind of grand gestures go but we've also read grand gestures where we're just like this is so over the top and perfect for everything we wanted for these characters and darcy isn't an over the top kind of person l is over the top if l was doing the grand gesture it would have been a fucking sky rider or something yeah that's fair that's just how it would be Hmm. so that's the end of the book yeah and it was kind of an hea Mm mm-hmm um, Margot doesn't have a whole lot going on. I need Margot to have her own book immediately. Yeah. I just want to know where my life is going to go through yeah. Margot's where story. Where will you be in the next <laughs> few months? I want you to know that reading Margot was probably my favorite part of this. And every time I read one of her lines, I was like, oh, have I said that to Kat before? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. But did I need to hear it? Probably. Probably. (laughs) I don't know how I ended up becoming the one who gives the advice. Because we do it for each other. Yeah, we do. We do. But but. in the scenario of our uh, characters here, I'm clearly more Elle and you are more Margot in this situation. 100%. So uh, let's do ratings. Yeah. One out of five stars. What do you give written in the stars? I'm gonna do... (laughs) I think a 4.5. I enjoyed this book. I thought it was really cute. Um, But it didn't hit home for me as much as other books we've read. Mm -hmm. Um, But as far as, like... I know that we had it lined up to do a different lesbian romance before. Yeah. And I thumbed through it, and I was like, I don't think either of us will enjoy this. No. I just don't see us really enjoying this book. And so we dropped that one, mm-hmm. and then this one came out, and we're like, oh, okay, cool. And um, I think this was way more our style, way more our speed. Mm-hmm. And the book that we were waiting to do before was very serious. Yeah. It was more mature feeling. We're not... And this was more fun. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. I agree with you. I gave it a four and a half, too. Okay. And I gave it a four and a half because I did really love it, but I had a hard time starting it. Which is weird because our friends say that they are hooked from the very first page. Which is Christina Lauren and Talia Hibbert. We love both of them. Yeah. And when you read through the very beginning, it is a little bit difficult to get into. And I don't really understand why. But it, maybe it's because when you read a bad date, you don't want to see that again. Yeah. And when you read a good date, you want to see more. And so this was like the reverse effect. I think my my half star off is solely for the technical side of it. Because I really okay. did love this book. Okay. I just found that I was like halfway through it last night. And I was have I felt like I was going nowhere, like the pages weren't moving. There's some like messiness in the middle, yeah, because 
it's hard to tell the days and weeks, yeah. I think, is the problem. Um, one of the things that they say in towards the end is like, well, Elle's supposed to drive out to her families and all this stuff. And so then they're like, well, she has not the books. We're giving readings on the- Christmas Eve. And, and I, was I was like, like isn't she supposed to be at home? Yeah. And then I was too lazy to check, like, she was myself. She was. So, I mean, there was stuff like that. I felt like even though I really enjoyed the friendship dynamic between Elle and Margot, I wanted them to get it together. Yeah. I'm not saying I've never had a burn mark on my carpet from sparklers. I'm not saying that I've never only had wine and some form of pickled thing in my refrigerator. But, like, they're my age now. Yeah. They're my age now. And they're that. And I was way more with it as, like, a 25-year-old yeah. than they are put together, um, which freaks me out a little bit. I am way more put together now at 35 than I've ever been in my life, so... <laughs> I mean, that's fair. It's I understood them a lot. It's just because I, I wanted them to show how successful they were by taking care of themselves. Yeah. And they didn't. No. At all. It was, it was a little hard, but at the same time, that was me. Like, 100%. And there's nothing wrong. Like, I was an adult that had and has roommates and stuff. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. But, like... It's weird to have an empty fridge when you're not 19 and in college. Do not open my refrigerator right now, then. 100% do not open it. Oh, no. Is it just going to be weird pickles? No, I don't like pickles, so you're lucky there won't (laughs) be pickles in there. There are three cartons of almond milk. There is a drawer of cheese and a couple onions. I desperately need to go to the grocery store. That's what I'm trying to say. I mean, I'm not saying I grocery shop every weekend or anything like that. I definitely don't. Yeah. But, like, my my work fridge has all my stuff. Yeah. Well, you know. I've been busy. <laughs> I haven't hey, had... busyness my can't sh- always be an excuse. No, I have not had my shit together at all in the last, like, month. But we're working on it. It's fine. It's because, um, I didn't mention this earlier, but Mercury is in retrograde until June 29th. So expect to feel... Like how I've been feeling the last few days where I can't get shit done. And I'm like, I have a list of things to do. I'm like, "Mm, but no. Whereas I texted you today and said, hey, do you think we can? You're like, are we going to do it at 2.30? And I was like, can we do 3.30? And you're like, oh my God, are you okay? And I was like, no, I'm fine. Usually you're like real on it. Yeah, I was like, no, I'm fine. I finally have motivation to clean my disgusting hovel. I don't know. I I know that part of my problem is that I've only had like a week to come down from end of the year stuff, which is a huge deal because it's been end of the year burnout, huge burnout, more burnout than I've ever experienced in my life from and work. If, if you listeners unknow, awful. If you've realized this is out a week late, it is because I needed to have Cat have a moment. <laughs> I needed to have some a break. I the end of the year is just insanity and. This year, I felt like nobody cared except for me at work. Yeah. And so I was the one running around all crazy. I just... And, like, I was like, everyone do a job. Like, do something. You sent me that text, and oh, I was God. like... You're, you sent that text, and I said, hey, it's not going to be the end of the world if we push it <laughs> off a week. Go enjoy some time it with was, your family. It was just messy. And it's been, like, where I hit a lot of compassion fatigue. Yeah. And I don't normally do that. Even towards the end. Usually, I'm, I have it pretty well together. But this past year has been just 
awful. So if you know a teacher, be real nice to them over Please. summer because I'm going right back into summer school tomorrow. Oh, good. And God. this is the first year that I am not looking for it at all. My mom was like, can you make it fun? I was like, no, it's too much work. So, so sorry ahead of time. Speaking of, uh, speaking of breaks and being a little frantic, um, let's go ahead and announce the next book, which is actually going to be the last book before we take our July break. Our summer vacation. Our summer vacation. We're not going anywhere. We're just having some time to ourselves. Yeah, we're just taking a little break. Yeah, so um, come join us two weeks from now, a week from now, whenever I decide to post this at this before point. Before July. Sometime before July. We're going to be, we'll be reading Conventionally Yours by Annabeth Albert, I'm which so is excited. another um, queer romance. This is going to be a male-male romance. I'm real excited about it. It's been on my shelf since it came out, so I can't wait to pick this which, one up. We just saw, too, Casey McQuiston's new book is out. I know. It's on my bookshelf in there. It's going to be good. When I went and picked up the second one to Written in the Stars, which is called Hang the Moon, I grabbed one last stop while I was there. Written in the Stars and Hang. She looks at you like you hung the moon. Oh, my God. God. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, join us next time as we uh, cover Conventionally Yours. Um, And then after that, uh, we'll We'll see see you in August. August. And we have a theme for August? We have a theme for the rest of the year. Dang, look at us. We'll probably post it somewhere. Because... So that you guys can, like, read along with us, because I don't think we do that very well. We don't do it very well. So I think um, we're going to try to shift a little th- little bit in the next... I'm excited for pirate round. shit in September. Yeah, you chose pirate so shit. So excited. Um, I think we might be bringing back Bad Romance in August. I think for Bad Romance, we should just read Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> Since we shit on yeah. it so much. We're so mean. Oh, God. We'll figure it out. I have a feeling I have... I, I, we're going to talk about it after we do yeah, finish this, because okay. I've got a, a feeling of what I want to do. Okay. So, um, yeah, join us next time, and then we'll see you in August. But yep. you'll hear from us one more time until then. Until then, remember, bad bitches, read romance. Bye! Join us next time, and then we'll see you in August. But yep. you'll hear from us one more time until then. Until then, remember, bad bitches, read romance. Bye! Bye.